Creatures of the Night, you are listening to Scream Scene, the horror movie podcast where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order, and then we rank them from best to worst. But occasionally, we get it wrong. (laughs) And our lovely listeners send in an appeal of where we have ranked a film, encouraging us to reconsider it, putting it higher or lower, or taking it off. My name's Sarah. And I'm Ben. Thank you for listening. Yeah, um, I, I would like to go on the record and state that we, we don't get things wrong. We get appeals to reconsider what we ranked something at. But just because we got the appeal doesn't mean we were wrong. We'll be the arbiters of that. That's why it's an <laughs> appeal. Appeals don't necessarily succeed. You know it's okay to be wrong, right? Mm. We're not John Wayne. Mm, is it? Is it, though? Yes. Mm. My therapist says it's okay to make mistakes. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about Captive Wild Woman from 1943, and that is episode 106. So this appeal comes from Nicholas Harold. Uh, he wrote, I feel like Captive Wild Woman is too highly ranked. It does have a great mad scientist performance from John Carradine, but everything else is pretty blah. And half of that is stock footage. Comparing it to other not-good-but-not-terrible universal horror movies, I propose Dracula's Daughter as a possible ceiling and The Mummy as a possible floor. That would also put Captive Wild Woman in the neighborhood of The Mummy's Tomb and Ghost of Frankenstein, which I feel is better company than its current position above The Hands of Orlac and White Zombie. So thanks for writing in, Nicholas. We welcome any appeals, comments, or questions on our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com. And I I appreciate hearing people's point of view. I appreciate getting this appeal because Captive Wild Woman has turned into a bit of a sticking point when we're ranking and has been hard to judge films against. So to recap listeners on kind of what that movie is and why it's sitting where it is, Captive Wild Woman is a movie where... Uh, a zoo lion tamer guy brings a uh, big female ape back from somewhere in Africa, and she is extremely, extremely intelligent. Um, so they're like, oh, this will make a great attraction at our zoo. And this discovery of this super intelligent ape uh, attracts the attention of a um, mad scientist who's doing stuff with glands. Uh, one of our earliest glands men, um, <laughs> played by John Carradine. Mm-hmm. And so John Carradine uh, essentially goes to the zoo and steals the ape to use the ape in his experiment, whereby he's going to do some fooling around with glands and uteruses and female hormones and brains and all kinds of just playing, you know... Playing God. Playing God, Yes. <laughs> with with the bits and pieces of ape woman and human woman uh, to create Paula Dupree, uh, who is a human woman with the mind of an ape, only she can revert back to, like, full ape if she doesn't, like, get regular injections of, like, lady hormones. 
And so he shows up at the zoo with her to see how she'll react to the other animals and how the other animals will react to her. And the answer to that is the other animals become, like, super docile around her, and she doesn't speak or say or do anything other than kind of just stare at them. So Lion Tamer Buddy is like, wow, what a great, weird talent. Hey, you, silent lady who has no past or... Uh, any kind of identity <laughs> other than what this mad scientist has told me about you. Come work for me as my assistant, thus making my job as a you know, lion tamer a thousand times easier so I can attempt this ultra-dangerous thing of taming lions and tigers at the same time. No bears. Right. Um, meanwhile, lion tamer dude's girlfriend's sister is very, very sick, so she has brought the sister to the mad scientist's clinic to be like, hey, can you solve my sister's problems? He's like, yeah, no worries. What he actually means by that is I'm going to continue to do bizarre hormone ape playing God experiments on your sister. She kind of eventually figures out that this is what's going on and that John Carradine's a bad guy. Goes, rescues her sister. In the course of doing so, she frees Paula Dupree, who by the end of the movie has transformed back into ape. Paula, and Ape Paula just knows that Lion Tamer Dude's show is going terribly without her there, and indeed it is, because those lions, those tigers, they ain't listening to reason. Things are going real bad. So she runs back to the zoo uh, and rescues him from the lions and tigers, but because she's a big ape carrying a dude around, the cops who have just arrived at this disaster assume you know, she's a like on the loose animal or whatever, and shoot her not dead. Mostly dead. They shoot her mostly dead in fine universal horror uh, tradition. What we liked about Captive Wild Woman was John Carradine. It was, I think, his first appearance on the show. Yeah. And it really showed why John Carradine became a mainstay in horror for the rest of the 1940s, when I don't think any of his, like, later... Horror roles really lived up to this one because in this movie he's playing the part straight. He's not like being campy, he's not mm-hmm. winking at the audience. Like he is exactly what you would think someone would be like if you really did meet a real mad scientist. Like he comes across as someone who is, you know, totally psychopathic, uses people, manipulates people doesn't really care about the, you know, personhood of others. Um, He's really chilling in the role, and we really, really liked that, and it really kind of, like, hit pretty strongly. However... On the other hand... One of the reasons why, you know, Captive Wild Woman is as low as it is, is because all of the Lion Tamer stuff, all of it, every last bit of that entire portion of the movie is stock footage from an earlier 1930s movie about, like, a super famous lion tamer. Like, about the guy... Like, if you think lion tamer in your head, the image in your head is, like, of a dude with, like, an unbuttoned shirt and, like, a whip and, like, a chair and, like, a pistol and, you know, holding back those lions. Like, that dude is why you think of that. That's the guy. That's the real person. So he had a movie in the 30s, and they just used all of the lion taming footage from it for all the lion taming footage in this movie, to the point where, like, they cast an actor to play the lion tamer because he resembled the real dude in the stock footage. Yeah, so 
I think you're absolutely right that a huge part of why Captive Wild Woman is where it is is because we were so enamored by John Carradine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really do appreciate getting this appeal. And I I agree with re-ranking it um, and re-ranking it lower. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it's such a hard movie to rank, you know, because what's good in it is really good. And what's bad in it is blah, as yeah, Nicholas as, says. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like if you take out all the um, stock footage stuff, you have like a pretty good B-horror movie from the 40s. With a female character who has a lot of agency considering. Yeah, and like, you know, figures stuff out. And like, because the, at the end of the day, like the Lion Tamer dude's actually like incidental to the... Um, actual horror plot right yeah and she gets to be the hero in that horror plot and so like you know if you take out all the lion tamer stuff you're like oh well this is really good and then the problem becomes that you have to remember that right but you can't discount the lion tamer stuff because it's like a full 50 percent of the movie and so it's like you know if i took another really good horror movie like if i took like hereditary right and i cut out like half the scenes in it and I replaced them with, like... Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, the crocodile hunter. <laughs> Please don't be turning in your grave, Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if, if you did that, it probably would make Hereditary less good as a horror movie. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. And All it, that being said, like... I disagree with Nicholas about going as low as he suggests. Hmm. Looking at his suggested range. Which is like 70... 79. To 100. Immediately between 79 to 100, my eyes fall upon The Ghost of Frankenstein hmm. at 86. I think Captive Wild Woman is better than Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah. Even though half of Captive Wild Woman isn't a horror movie... What is a horror movie in Captive Wild Woman is still better than Ghost of Frankenstein, which is only a good movie if you've never seen any other Universal Frankenstein movies. <laughs> Do you remember what The Vampire's Ghost is from 1945? Yes. The Vampire's Ghost is a movie set in Africa about a oh, vampire yeah. who like gets killed by like natives, but then revived by the power of the moon and is... Therefore, his own ghost, but um, is otherwise Dracula. So, let me put forward, below Vampire's Ghost, but above La Main du Diablo. Because Vampire's Ghost, the movie above that, Invaders from Mars, Mummy's Tomb, Dracula's Daughter, mm -hmm. all of those stay in the horror genre for, like, more than 50% of the movie. <laughs> Immediately below Vampire's Ghost is La Main du Diablo. And Soul of a Monster. And both of those are like 40 to 50% horror. La Main de Diablo is interesting because it's a movie with like a horror storyline that's kind of interested in everything but its horror storyline. Yeah. Um, and it has multiple um, like vignettes basically of yeah. these people trading their hands for something. Yeah, I... I do think, however, that on a movie-making basis, it might be... 
better than Captive Wild Woman, just on like a craft level. That um, is very fair. Soul of a Monster is a movie I have a lot of goodwill towards because of its like female devil character yeah. Yeah. who is pretty rad. But it's all a dream. Yeah, it's got that, that shitty all a dream ending. The 1935 Student of Prague has a really good performance as Baldwin from Anton Walbrook and nothing really else to recommend it. Yeah. Um, Let's compare his performance to Carradine's performance. Yeah, I think Carradine is better as the mad scientist in Captain Wild Woman. Like, he's holding your attention much, much more. And everything else, like, everything in the 1935 Student of Prague has been done better in other students of Prague. Um, <laughs> even Walbrook, who's a really good choice to play Baldwin, um, I don't know if he's necessarily better than Conrad Veidt. Yeah. Um, so I think I don't want to go any lower than Student of Prague. And I'm kind of inclined to put it right there, below Soul of a Monster, above Student of Prague. I like that. All right. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So going in at the new number 84 is Captive Wild Woman. Uh, below the Soul of a Monster, above Der Student von Prague. I think that's like a good new spot for it that will really help solve the big problem we've been having with it, which has largely been ranking it against other movies. Yeah. Where we've been, you know, maybe ending up with stuff below it that shouldn't, or ending, you know, having to put maybe lesser movies above it. Because it's not as good as it should be at that range, I think it's going to clear up that problem a little bit more. Yeah. And of course, Captive Wild Woman is 1943. We're now 12 years later. Mm -hmm. um, hindsight gives a little bit more perspective. Very true. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nicholas, for sending in an appeal. Um, if listeners would like to see the new updated list, you can go to screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com. There you can find links to the episodes we've talked about, as well as the appeals box if you would like to contest this appeal, mm. I guess. Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. You can also reach out to us through email at screamscenepodcast at gmail.com or over Twitter at underscore screamscene. Regular episodes of the show come out on Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the podcatcher of your choice by subscribing using our RSS feed. It's October, and so it's the spooky season. So we've got a lot of content coming out, not just the regular show, but, you know, little mini episodes like this. Bonus episodes are going to be on the Patreon, all kinds of exciting things over there. And fill up your Halloween evening by heading over to patreon.com slash podcast, where you can become a patron of the night for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you again to Nicholas Harold for sending in this appeal. Thank you so much for listening, Creatures of the Night. Bye! Bye!